Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back. Uh, I am here to bring you daily sales advice to help you sell better. Uh, let us know what your role is. That's what we're doing right now. Change your chat settings to everyone down at the bottom right-hand corner and tell us where you are tuning in from in the chat. Let's kick things off here and introduce our guest today. No strange face. You guys have seen him before. Uh, welcome back to the show, Devin Reed, head of content over at Clary. What's going on, my friend? Yo, what's going on? I just I just realized my room is getting darker and lighter, mostly darker over the time because there's a storm coming in and my light bulb died this morning in my office. So if it looks like I'm in the bat cave, folks, it's all good. The electricity works at the Reed residence where we're rocking and rolling. <laughs> Well, let's talk about a little bit about what we're here to talk about. Uh, here we go. We are here to talk about people that ghost you. Uh, let me know in the chat. Put a one in the chat if you've been ghosted this week. Uh, that's what I want to know. If you've been ghosted this week, here's my one. <laughs> it's hard not to say it. Scan this QR code. Check us out, sellbetter.xyz to learn more about what we do, why we do, how we do it. And then, of course, check out our YouTube channel. And keep in mind that if you are joining us on the podcast, uh, there's a lot of things that we react to in the chat. So thank you very much for tuning into the podcast. Sell Better Podcast, really gaining a lot of traction out there. Go subscribe to it uh, if you haven't done that already. I want to give a big thanks to Buzz. I've been using this to talk to more strangers. That's what I've been using it for. You can talk to more strangers too using multiple channels with buzz.ai. We're going to drop a link right here for you in the chat so that if you're interested in this and using it how I've been using it, happy to give you some insights into what it's been doing for me. Uh, this thing has been amazing. So thank you for sponsoring the show today. We appreciate you. Uh, all right, this is what you're going to get. You're going to get common reasons why people ghost you. I think we need to know that stuff, especially in the new year, uh, because there's a lot of reasons that people ghost you. And Devin is a decision maker as well as a person that does outreach. So you're going to get both perspectives from this expert today. And then of course, getting ghosted in the first place. How do we stop it? How do we prevent it? Can we be proactive about it? I think that's important. And obviously strategies. We are big on tactical things that you can do right away to change your game. Devin, let's get into it, man. Uh, tell me, let's first, before we talk about the reasons people ghost, I know we have a sneak peek into that slide right there, uh, but let's define ghosting for everybody. How do you define ghost? Yeah, that's, that's where we, that's where we need to start. And so, um, for, for a quick background, I was in sales for six years, so I have been, uh, ghosted more times than I can count. I, I've stopped bothering, trying to even keep track. It's just part of, part of life. Um, and then I've been in marketing leadership for the last four years. So I've been, you know, sales and marketing for 10 plus and, um, I don't ghost. I don't ghost salespeople now that I'm on the other side of the table. It just it doesn't feel right. But when I think about what is really getting ghosted, it's not a cold prospect who just hasn't responded to you, right? So you're just you know you're just knocking on the door, knocking on the door. They've never replied to you. That's not ghosting. That's unresponsive. That's just different. It's a cousin, but it's not the same. To me, getting ghosted is that I would call it about three weeks after you've already had. A legitimate interaction with somebody. Now, legitimate, you know, that's where it gets subjective, right? I think a no-brainer is like a meeting. If I've met with you in Zoom, if I've met with you in person, and then you stop talking to me, that's getting ghosted. If we've had an email exchange of two plus emails, I'm not going to say one. I think you need two, a real start of a conversation, and then you stopped responding to me for three weeks. That's getting ghosted. And so uh, I'm curious what you think, James. I added the two email thing. I was thinking about it since our prep call. I feel like one is enough. I feel like that's like a little, that's dabbling in the interaction, but two or more is like, okay, we're really talking. And then I got, I got ghosted. For me, I'm looking for a magic thing that happens called an agreement. That is the magic word for me. In my brain, if somebody agrees to meet with me, agrees to have lunch with me, agrees to have dinner, 
agrees to X and then they don't, that's, I feel ghosted at that point. Uh, and we're going to talk about where to draw the line on that, but how do you feel about the word agreement? I think that's a magic thing in my brain. I loved it. And I had to prevent myself from using it first and stealing your idea. Cause when we had our prep call, I was like, that's, that is the right word. Cause, cause that's what it is. It's like, if someone hasn't agreed to doing something, they're not really ghosting you. There's no like kind of, uh, you know, mutual or shared, you know, like I said, called interaction or agreement, but both people have to agree on something for one of them to remove and then left, leave that person at the altar, leave that person feeling ghosted. I, I have been in one-on-ones with my reps in the past where they've been like, this person ghosted me and I don't see the interaction between them on, in the CRM. Right. So I'm like, you know, when you say ghosted, what do you mean? And they, oh, well, then, you know, they, I've been reaching out, I've sent them six emails and they haven't responded. Well, that's not ghosting you. There's never been an agreement there, right? Yeah. And then you have to explain that that for me is the line in the sand. You got to get an agreement. There needs to be back and forth where an agreement takes place, not just back and forth. You can't be like, nice shirt today. And they're like, oh, thanks for the compliment, right? Like, <laughs> that's not an agreement, right? <laughs> then I asked for the meeting and he, he never reply. I don't understand. <laughs> I can't imagine why. <laughs> Okay, let's get into the reasons that people get ghosted. Because to me, uh, I think a lot of reasons, and I think the first one here is coming from your buyer, your buying perspective. You are a person that functions above the power line. And let's look at the results here. Look at this. SDRs, AEs, mostly in the room. I believe they get ghosted more than any other persona out there. Customer success, less likely, I think, because they have existing relationships. There is a chance at renewal uh, uh, back and forth that exists in the past. Uh, talk to me about this no update. Why do decision makers tend to ghost people that they have a good back and forth with. So I will say real quick, I'm, I would say AEs or account executives get ghosted more. Okay. Now the reason being is there's more opportunity for agreements to be broken. SDRs, not, not discounting at all, but they're one, it's mainly the hold the first meeting, right? Mm. You said you'd be, you'd said, you know, we were talking and then you, you know, said you'd show up or whatever you ghosted me, or you said, you know, you didn't show up to the meeting. Now I'm chasing you. An AE has it from that first meeting all the way to the second meeting, the third meeting, the fourth meeting, the group demo, the, you know, proposal call, the closing, all those things. So I just feel like there's more opportunity to get ghosted. So I'll, I'll throw that out there. I think that's the reason true. why. Let me know, the, but, but, but yes or no, if you agree with with what Devin is saying. I Venmo everybody that says yes. Um, and so, because when I look at the slide though too, James, like m a lot of this stuff is more for like a true um, like um, evaluation. Like there's actually like some momentum and things have happened. Later in the funnel. Exactly. So when I think of like why, why I become unresponsive, I don't want to say ghost, but why maybe I'm like always really quick to respond that I take longer or as a seller, why I've been uh, ghosted and then when I hear back from people, it's usually just the person you're asking, they don't have any information. So there's nothing to tell you. And so they just ignore you. And the other thing that sellers, uh, as sellers, we have to remember is this meeting SDRs or this deal for AEs is the number one thing on our priority list. The number one thing, it's all we care about. We log onto our computer and that's what we're trying to get done. As a buyer, any deal that I'm I'm buying, anything that I'm evaluating is never more than top five. Yeah. There's way bigger stuff that I have to worry about. It's still important, but it's not number one. And so that incongruence, if that's a word, that you know, that 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 gap is why you often get kind of some I would say bad sales tactics or misplaced sales tactics or just simple unresponsiveness is because the prioritization of both parties is not the same. That agreement you said 
not both people care the same amount. Yeah. Yeah. We care about that meeting much more than the person that's on the buying side. We're going to talk about that more as we move forward. There's a lot of gems being dropped here. Uh, I want to, I want to pivot for a second uh, because you said something on the pre-call that we have to talk about. What, what if you have an existing relationship with the person and they ghost you? Is that different than a person that you're prospecting or a person that you don't have a back and forth with in the past? Uh, you know, talk to me about the difference in being ghosted by somebody you actually know. Yeah. I mean, well, the first thing is how you would respond to it is very different. Mm. How you would respond to someone ghosting you is very different. James, me and you know each other. Let's even like kind of take a personal for a sec, right? Let's say we've been hanging out, we're talking, and I fall off the face of the earth. If you're sending me some memes on Instagram, I usually respond. You're texting me right. the score to the Warriors game because we won. I'm not responding. You're probably going to lead with like, I hope Dev's okay. Like, I it hope is everything's good in the hood. I hope he's not sick or something's going on right like genuine empathy and i know that word was tossed around so much in 2020 that it's almost like rolls you know eyes roll but that's how you would respond like i hope everything's good right and you'd want to seek to understand you want to you'd get real curious if you don't know who i am at all and i'm just texting devin trying to get a meeting or calling devin like you, you, you're not like you, you get frustrated he's like i'm not getting what i want out of this right but you can get curious because you don't know enough about that person. You don't know enough about their scenario and the context of kind of their life and your guys' interactions because there are none. So I think there's just like very big differences there. And that's why also, you, you know, the dynamic of the ghosting, even though the first, you know, the no meeting is not, or not, having not talked is not ghosting yet. And so that's why like the dynamic's different. And that's why how you would respond or how you would try to get that person to reply is different. You're, the way you respond is 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 key. I want to ask this question now because I feel like what you're talking about is kind of relevant to this. What's the goal of the 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 message after they ghost you? And be you know you could tell us in the chat if it's like you know I tell this person to screw off. Like I don't think that's a good strategy, but you could say it. Uh, let's 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 uh, first of all while we look at this framework and before you get into it, what's the number of days that you look at as like a true ghost? For me, in a sales cycle, three weeks. I'm like we're, I'm like. Uh, F-U-C-K. I started spelling curse words because I have a three and a one-year-old. So I was just like, have it. And I don't know how many curse words I get on a sell better show. Sorry for using one, harsh one, letters. Yeah, harsh, harsh, uh, harsh lettering there. But, um, you know, a week, life happens. Two weeks, ah, uh, man, I better, I better, I'm like, my ears are perking up and I'm like, I got to get ready for something here. Three plus weeks and I'm like, this is bad. And I got to take some, some action, which I know we've got some templates and stuff to talk through, but, um, I, I think two weeks is you should start getting nervous. Three weeks is, is no good. Three three weeks, I think, is... And I'm hard to... I, I'm, I struggle. Let me know in the chat. Are you like me? Do you let go of things after a couple of weeks or do you chase things down? I'm a chaser. I, I don't let anything go. It's, a, it's probably a bad habit more than it is a good one. Let's talk about this first th three-step framework that you provided here. Uh, break this down for everybody and then we're going to look at an example of this in use. Yeah, absolutely. Can we actually pull the example up first? And I want to give people the oh, sure, absolutely. example, I think. Um, so this is uh, a version of, the, of a template that I created, you know, called the Ghostbuster template. And really what I realized was I need a way that motivates people to reply, not necessarily agree to another meeting, mm. not, hey, James, you said we'd meet at two, you know, we said me, but now I'm rescheduling house two tomorrow, house four Thursday, how, you know, over and over and over again, because I had done it and it didn't work. Asking the same ask over and over without success is, I believe, the definition of insanity. And so 
what I did was I wrote this this uh, this template here. Hey Jill, typically, whoop, sorry, typically when I don't hear back after sharing pricing, it's because one of the following reasons: pricing doesn't fit your budget, and you're too nice to tell me. Life happened, and you got busy. This project got deprioritized, so pricing doesn't even make sense. Let me know if it's one of these things or something else. All good either way. Now I want to break this down real quick, and then we'll go to the framework if that's cool. Because okay. I just like to kind of do the line by line if that doesn't uh, bother you too much. So not at all. Typically typically says, hey, this happens This happens before, it'll happen again. It's all good. And I like opening this way because so often it's the guilt. I never heard back. You never replied. You know, and it's just like, I don't like the feeling that it gives my reader when I'm writing this. So I like typically for that reason. And yeah. then the folks watching, after sharing pricing, you can swap that with any part of your sales process. After the discovery call, after a group demo, after a closing call with the CFO, whatever you, whatever your thing is, you can put, plug it right in there. And then I have the top three reasons in my personal experience are the reasons why someone stops replying to me, at least in this pricing context. But like I told you, James, there's like some secret behavioral science that I'm actually using here. And so for folks, I don't know if you've heard of Cunningham's Law. It's from the creator of Wikipedia. And basically what it says is the best way to get a the right answer on the internet is not to ask a question. It's to it's to provide the wrong answer. All right, meaning if I like his but yeah, I, I want to talk about that in a little bit because okay. that goes a little deeper into the psychology of these templates that we're providing. So uh, okay, we're I think you guys understand what it is. you see these all the time. They're like wrong answers only, right? Like, uh, but we're gonna talk about that a little further. Keep going with this, and now I want to talk about the framework here. Well, Cunningham's yeah. law is going to play in as we okay. look at that second framework. So you'll be able to use that there. Let me know if it's one of these things or something else. So I'm kind of giving them an, a bit of an out and then all good either way. Like I'm just letting you know, I'm I'm not coming at you hard. I'm not trying to make this uncomfortable. Like I'm just looking for some, I'm kind of like this. I'm like, just let me know what's going on. We meeting or not? Is it, you know, what's going on? So that's the breakdown. We can go to the framework, James. Sorry if I, uh, no, not at all. Don't be sorry at all. Uh, the, free, the framework here is what came out of that, that, that particular example. Oh, okay. Okay. Like, this follows that, that example that you gave. So, uh, for those of you that are looking to write those post ghost emails or those yeah. post ghost messages, take a screenshot of this and feel free to use it for yourself. Steal it. Uh, you know, I think there was a, another good one that's on social right now. We'll, we'll drop Devin's LinkedIn in the, in the chat here. Uh, but there's another good one that he put out there on social that you can actually like copy and paste it. It actually works pretty well. Uh, so this is what you were saying. <laughs> this is this is this is the point where we can move into Cunningham's law. I wanted to make sure that people got a good look at that framework there. For sure. Um, but Cunningham's law is something that you've put into place when people ghost you. And there's this like magic thing that happens in our brain when we see something that we know is inaccurate off a little bit. And that's what we need to do when people ghost us is how would we leverage this in a ghosting situation? Yeah. So the, the, the concept of, of remember if you, at, you'll get, you're more likely to get the right answer by giving the wrong answer or an incomplete answer than you are by just asking someone a question. Yeah. So what it means is if you go, if you think about the template, I'm giving you three answers. Now, my first goal is I think it's probably one of these three things and I'm, I'm giving you three of them laid out. So you can just say, yeah, it's number two. Quick and easy to reply. Quick and easy. Think of this. How mm. easy is it for my for my reader to reply? I don't want them thinking. 
All of them replied. So that's the first thing. I had the best example, and I want you to talk about why this worked for me. Uh, I yeah. had somebody ghost me last week, and uh, this person I actually knew. So it's like you said, right? I had this like expectation, and yeah. when I reached out to make sure that something wasn't wrong. My language was, looks like we're not going to be able to connect. Let me know when you want to reschedule, or let me know if you're still good, right? Something like that. It was one sentence. It was super small, uh, yep. very condensed. And I immediately got a response back when he was able to respond to me and it turned out he had a health issue and I ended up getting the meeting. We had a great conversation. It wasn't a qualified meeting. I ended up disqualifying him because of their priorities and what I was doing. But that message resonated because he wanted to reply to it. Well, think too, James, you said too, and and I chase, I chase deals too. We all do. I think it's like, imagine if you didn't get that, if you didn't reply that way, if you didn't get the response and you didn't disqualify, how much time you would have wasted chasing that person, you know, over time, keeping your hopes up. It's just, it's just distraction. There's nothing there, but you got to close the loop on that. So I like that a lot. The, um, the looks like is an observation for folks who didn't, who know, uh, it's a, or a label, um, for folks who know, um, oh, uh, what's the FBI guy always job, uh, Chris, uh, Chris Voss. You're talking about Chris, Chris Voss. Thank you. I've even met the freaking guy. I, keep, I always forget his name. Um, he has labeling, right? If you start a sentence with, it looks like it seems like it feels like, and then you finish your sentence, there's this thing that happens in our brain where we naturally want to add context to it, kind of back to Cunningham's law a little bit. Um, and so I love that you did that, James. Like, it looks like you're unable to make the meeting. Let's reschedule. I think that's like basically what your email said. And it's just so disarming. And if you receive that, it's like, oh yeah, I did miss it because I had health problems. I was Tuesday, right? So you kind of let your reader do the, your prospect do the work for you in a way. You just kind of have to do a little alley-oop and they'll take it, run with it and then reply. And that's much better than that, you know, the old, old school chasing of House Tuesday too. I want to encourage people to go learn more about Cunningham's law. And I want to share these results right here. I think a lot of people have the right idea, right? Find out why they ghosted. I think that's a good reason. For me, I was always looking for the meeting, but 33% of you said reschedule the meeting. I would caution you to step away from that. And start stepping towards the why. I think why they ghosted, what happened, is everything okay, is a better way to approach somebody, whether you knew them or not, Yep. when they ghost you. Devin, you said something on the pre-call that I think everyone needs to hear. They know they ghosted. They know they missed the meeting. Yep. What's happening in their mind when they're missing the meeting? You've missed a lot of meetings, to your point. Yeah, so it's like, look, as a buyer, I'd like to go back to what you said, the agreement. If, if we made an agreement and then you broke the agreement, my hunch is something had to have happened. Something had to have happened, which is why you need to understand the ghosting, the change, which is all these different reasons, you know, budget change, blah, blah, blah. I've had a lot of times like, you know, I'm working on a deal on, as a buyer and I leave someone for like a week or two and then they come back and I'm like, hey man, just so you know, it wasn't you. It was our, I don't know, our CMO just left. This person on my team left and like, we're just, re you know, we're, we've got other bigger things we need to kind of like work through before we can pick this back up. So if you, but if you, and I've had other reps that just pepper me with that meeting, re-ask, re, -ask, re -ask, and all it does, all it does is make me delete it because I'm not ready. And you're not even seeking to understand me. You're not trying to help me. You're trying to help you. And buyers can feel that. And I, and that's why I wanted to start with that prioritization. I think that's what you're talking about. Like as a buyer, it's never the number one thing. Please know, even if they tell you it is, it's never the number one thing because your number one thing is keeping your boss happy or at least top three <laughs> and like asks of your boss, needs of your team, and then like self-interest and your deal is probably not in that top three. 
So all I'll just say is like you don't need to be you don't need to push. I know I know where's internal pressure. I've I've been on pit. <laughs> I've had quota. I've missed and made quota. Like I get the pressure. The tactic of just like tapping people on the shoulder with the same thing, it just does it doesn't work and it doesn't work today. Uh it yeah. kind of just today's like, you know, buyer climate, if you will. Yeah, the buyer climate is much more sensitive to the self-serving language and aims yeah. of salespeople in 2024. I think we've learned a lot. I think AI also has pushed us to be a little more um, what's the word? A little more focused on what this message is actually saying and what they want mm. from me. Yeah. That part is a little bit different. Let's keep it going with the second framework. I want to give you guys another framework, but first I'm going to launch this question. I want to know from you as the people that are likely getting ghosted the most, do you take it personally? Is it something that you see as like, like, like for me, I always feel like I messed up. If I got ghosted, I got news for y'all. I look at it like it's my fault. I did something that wasn't right. Uh, and then I think we're going to might pause and ask you some questions at the end or towards the, the middle here. So I want to encourage you to ask Devin your questions in the Q and a section. Uh, let's give the second framework right here while people answer this question about whether or not they take it personally, break this down for everybody. And then we'll look at an example. I don't know if I took it personally, but it always pissed me off. <laughs> hey, if it doesn't piss you off, I, I mean, you're probably like dead inside. You need a different job. I know. I'm just like. <laughs> Uh, even if you, it, it, yeah, it's like, uh, <laughs> even with all the like, you know, empathy that I want to have, I'm like this deal. Um, yeah. So four part, four part framework. First one, ask a direct question on whether they are looking to move forward or not. I like that one. I think it's, um, it's, I don't know, man. It, it's kind of a different flavor, right? But I do like directness. I, I don't like wordiness. I like to keep it as short as possible. So I do like that. Um, Say you remember them wanting to uh, do their top goal. I've got the poll in the way and I got to click out of it. But um, and look, you're basically remind like it's going back to the agreement. Is this still relevant? I, th I think yeah. that's really. It's not like, hey, is this important to you? I hate, I hate when I've gotten to. It's like, hey, it looks like driving pipelines not important anymore. I'll call you in a month. It's like, okay, dude, we all know driving pipelines always important, so you don't need to right. be so for the brash about it. Um, and but I do like, I do like, hey, Dev. Last time we talked, you mentioned. XYZ was top of your list. Yeah. Is that still the case? Because I can say, no, it's not. I'm going to correct you. Cunningham's law. Here's what is. I think I do my thumbs up. I see thumbs up on Zoom. That's cool. Uh, or I go, oh, that's right. That is super important. And my boss actually was the one who wanted me to do that. And I do believe this is going to help me. Yeah, let's pick up the conversation. So I do, I do like that. Um, and with the only reason I ask, that works too. I do like to ask questions, say, hey, the reason I ask is uh, people love context. Um, and then the low-key CTA, James, this is your sweet spot, man. This is like where your natural style just shines. I said all good either way to disarm. Think of it as disarming. If that was the one word for step four is disarm. Yeah. I like yours was like, let's reschedule. Yeah, I do want to reschedule. Let's do it. Or no, nah, let's not because I'm still in the hospital, you know, for the, for the guy who is uh, having some health stuff. So. You know what? It was it was you guys. It was you guys that uh, you and Morgan actually that turned me on to the fact that like that my CTA. I was guilty, and y'all can let me know in the chat too if you're this way, especially if you're newer to sales. Which you know, let me know in the chat how many years you've been in sales. That would probably be good. But for me, I had a bad habit of constantly trying to get the meeting back on the calendar physically. I wanted to yeah. see the invite. I wanted it to be accepted. I needed it to be colored a certain way on my calendar, like. That mental satisfaction was what I would go after when I would get ghosted. And what I realized was that I was focused on something extremely selfish and probably a little OCD that did not have any bearing on the deal itself. 
It was more about me trying to satisfy the need in my mind than it was about trying to re-engage the prospect to get them back into a conversation with me. And now when I give those low-key CTAs, it's literally in an attempt to earn back the engagement on their time. People buy things on their own time. You've never gone to the grocery store and bought milk because someone called you from the grocery store and was like, Devin, come back. We got the milk. (laughs) Got that new 2%, man. Come get it. (laughs) Break this example down where you used that uh, particular framework. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Jill. Jill's my, uh, by the way, she's my writing partner. So I always like to use her name and templates if you ever see it. Um, uh, hey, did, Jill, did you move, uh, sorry, do you, you plan on moving forward with the trial? I know forward right there. Some people are always like, I would like that. I get that in, on LinkedIn sometimes. That's so, uh, unprofessional. It, it's not unprofessional because you knew exactly what it meant. And, uh, it's not like millennial talk or anything like it's just shortening. And, and I actually do it on purpose to open casually. I'm trying to make yep. it very, very disarming. I remember you wanted to do xyz but wasn't sure if you still wanted to get started only reason i asked because i'm chatting with my cs team on thursday about upcoming uh, onboardings and just want to give them some accurate numbers all good if not just let me know either way so for this one it's uh when we moved to a trial uh, at the company that i was selling at it was like a 70 percent close rate so when someone says yeah i'm interested in the trial we want to do the trial let's book a trial i'm like hot to try we got the live one on the like on the line i don't fish i don't know if that's what people say and uh, I want to get going here. And what I also know is that people love talking to the CS team. It's a buying signal if someone says, hey, Deb, can I talk to CS or what's onboarding look like? And so what I'm trying to do is say, hey, I'm here to help you. I, you said you wanted to do this trial and I'm going to have a meeting with the people involved and who are going to help you. I just need to know if I should kind of put you in the queue or not. Yeah, This is reading between the lines here. And then it's like, all good. If not, just let me know either way. I could even remove the, that uh, exclamation point if you want, but I, and that's because I knew you know, the Joe from that scenario. And so again, I'm reminding them of context, which is especially important when it's been two, three, four, five, six weeks. It's they only remember Devin has a nice red beard. They don't remember what we talked about. They do not remember, they don't remember any of the context of that. They remember how charming James is, but they don't remember the context of a, you know, 8 a.m. call five weeks ago. And so right. when you remind them of that, you're just get, making it, e- again, remember going back to make it easy for them to reply. I don't want them thinking, what did I talk to James about? Was yeah. it about that thing with this or that? It's like, no, no, no. Let me just get, let me get you here with me fast and then provide some, um, you know, some kind of future looking uh, next steps there. Well, it looks like most people are not taking it too personally. And I want to say, I love the conversation happening in the chat between Maddie and Stacy and Johnny. Uh, I'll comment on that. I think you should too, Devin. Uh, I can't see the comments from here, but tell me what's going on. So so the comments here are really interesting. Maddie said, I think abbreviation works in some industries or markets. Uh, I sell to government, so not thinking it works in my world. Good point, Maddie. Stacey agreed, but but agreed that it depends on your audience. And then Johnny says, it's always best to be you. It will come out sooner or later. All of these things are true. So I want to, I want to just highlight the fact that like, you definitely need to know who you're selling to. If I say yes. brother, and yeah. you pointed out that I use that language in my follow-up, right? Let's reschedule, brother. Like, hope everything's yeah. okay, brother, right? Like, that's how I talk. I read it out loud. That's how I talk. Yeah. So that cat, plus I knew him. <laughs> so here's actually why I got, I, so I, I'm more casual too. I don't, uh, I haven't, I don't really throw bros or brothers around on, on, at work. That's just, but not because I don't believe in it. I just, that's not me. Sure. But what I had realized was when I had seen some emails from CEO, like a CEO, and they use acronyms. They don't use bro, but they use forward. They use like 
fast typing, like anything R-E. for quickness. Yeah, R E um, minimal grammar, like like errors, because CEOs and executives don't give a shit about what you think of their grammar for the most part. They are trying to rip and roll, get things done, and fire off quick responses to keep their business and their departments moving. So when I look at the word forward, FWD, my first thought is, is this too casual or not? That's subjective. My main thing though, is am I going to, is, is the meaning lost? Is this hard to understand? Is this a reference that my buyer won't get? And those are the main two things. And then third, it's like, does it fit with me? Do I feel natural doing that? And I, and I do, I missed a period somewhere in there. The meaning is obviously don't want such bad grammar that it deteriorates your appearance and your brand and your perception. But it also makes it feel more authentic that it's not perfect, right? And so again, you want to give and choose, you know, pick and choose your battles there and how casual you want to be. But remember that the CEO, the government folks you're working with, they still go home and have families and hobbies and friends and emotions and all that stuff. People don't turn into robots for the most part when they get to work. Right. They don't do it. Uh, All right. We're going to pivot right now. Before we go to Q&A, it's time for the triple T, the tactical top tips. Devin, let's talk Let's talk a little bit about actions that people can take. Oh, yeah. These are the things, these are the things that you and I really gravitate towards when, when we get them from people, and they work for us when we use them. Break these down for everybody. How do you use them? All right. So uh, a buyer here, director level, which by the way, folks, director levels have a lot more buying power than you think. Uh, VPs don't want to look at demos for the most part. Um, but... Uh, that sounded insecure. I'm just letting you know directors buy stuff. Uh, <laughs> uh, top tips. Okay, when I'm buying stuff, what do I like from sellers? The first yeah. one is the same. I love the same day reminder. Same. I actually really like it. I've got two little kids. I'm up early. I'm up for two to three hours before my workday starts. And so even though I'm looking at my calendar and stuff, I like if you know, you're know you selling to me, James, and it's a text. I know that we're dipping into two. It can be email or text, but I like a quick text that says, Hey, Devin, looking forward to our meeting at 2 p.m. today to talk about our trial toxin. Yeah. Context, casual, time reminder. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's a two. I would never tell you to say, if you need to reschedule, let me know. The oh, reason yeah. being is I will happily take almost any meeting off my calendar any day just to give me some time back. And I don't think you should give them that like, here you go. If you want to, you know, if you want to move this. The reason I also like it is I have replied and go, oh, you know what? I can't make 2 p.m. I got to take my kid to, you know, her gymnastics class. So can we do four or can we do tomorrow at eight? So I'll fix it. I'll Cunningham law it, if you will, to fix it if I have to. And now you get your reschedule proactively instead of chasing me. So I, I like that a lot. You can do it via email. Um, and I know too, if you use like um, conversation intelligence tools, a lot of those call recorders, uh, Copilot by Clary, if you need one, Copilot by Clary, if you need one. Um, is uh, they send those automatic things an hour before, hey, your call with James starts in one hour. And so I like those two and they feel um, they're not too pushy. Uh, pushy is the way that I like to avoid, right? Like anything that I read or see that I'm doing that comes across as pushy, <laughs> yeah. I tend to shy away from it. I had a bad habit of being too aggressive, too pushy early in my sales career. So it's very, I'm very conscious and aware of it. One of the ones that I like is the agenda setting. And I do this pretty consistently. Initially, when I send the invite in the description, I have a breakdown of three things that are on my agenda. But then the day of the meeting, I'll send that email that says, quick look at the agenda. Anything you'd like to add? It's so fast. And if they need to reschedule, they will voluntarily do so in that moment. 
which I'm fine with. I would rather you reschedule than ghost me. Yeah. Uh, I think everybody here would probably agree. I'd rather you reschedule than ghost. I don't care if you reschedule five times. Don't ghost me. That's let's right. agree to do that. Right. <laughs> and that, you know, that brings me to the, the Morgan J Ingram tactic of like, get an agreement that they won't ghost you. If you're on a call with them and they've agreed to a call, you can say things like, Hey, this has been great. I've had a good time talking to you regardless of what happens from here. Let's agree not to ghost each other. I think it was one of the best tips that Morgan J ever gave on this show. And I do this on cold calls when people agree to meet with me down the road. I like it. Uh, that is the law of commitment for folks who read Robert Cialdini's book, Influence. Number one book I recommend to all sellers and buy, uh, sellers and uh, marketers. Uh, law of commitment basically says if you say something out loud, you're more likely to follow up with that action, even if it's weeks later. Even if it's weeks later, if you say you're going to do something out loud to another person, you're more likely to do it. So yeah, try to get those little verbal commitments without being overbearing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> being overbearing. You're gonna, you said you're going to buy. You're going to buy, right? You said you're you're going to buy, right? It's like, if we get back on the calendar, this we're going to close, right? Uh, don't, don't say this. Uh, I, wanna, I give you guys a, a way to use text as well. If you're on that cold call and you've connected with them, ma master this. This is something I do all the time. Is this your cell? Can I save it? Yeah. If they, most people will straight up say yes. When they do this, you can text them the day of the meeting and be like, looking forward to chatting today. Yep. Right. And that's like a green light for them or a red light for them. Oh, hey, James, thanks for texting. I'm going to need to reschedule. Right. And you're like, cool. I'll cancel and send the link. We can reschedule. No problem. And now you have this expectation, a back yep. and forth. It's super helpful. Let's answer some good questions. We got some good ones coming in. Get them in now. Uh, Devin, are you ready for some rapid fire, dude? Let's do it. Start with the hottest, most upvoted ones and let, no, I don't, I, I, I like that there was a chat. I like, I like when there's people in the, not necessarily like fighting, but like in the chat, disagreeing and learning, like learning other people's perspectives. I like that. So Yo, sorry, this show, this show is historically noted for saying there are no silver bullets and we don't come in here to all agree with each other. Nobody comes here to be yes people. Uh, okay. Pedro Pablo Martinez. Thank you for coming back to the show. We appreciate you. Do you send a follow-up? in the thread or a new email if it's a new email is it a different subject line what subject line do you use in that follow-up after they ghost you oh that's a good question okay yeah i would start well, okay the chase i haven't even i'm just i'm think i'm saying this for the first time ever but this is what i do the chase is on the same thread because there's context on the thread mm. week or two same thread we've been talking it's familiar the 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 ghost buster once we're like sound the alarms we're getting ghosted don't go to that thread anymore because it's not working yeah. go to a new thread with the emails that we had covered and the subject line it, it, i'm very much context-based so yeah. i would say like something around like price like off the top of my head i want i want to find a good one for you but i would say things like still on for a trial question mark or trial still on question mark. I, I use like two to three words with a question mark because I want them to open it. I want to give less context, but I try to give it like dev because here's what they're going to do. They're going to open their email. They're going to see left to right, Devin Reed, right? That's my name. And then I want more context. So like pricing still on trial, still good. What did Brandon say? Stuff like that. And then you can get into your, get into your ghostbuster email. Nice. Ashley, I want to answer your question. Cunningham's law is the law that we are referring to through the show here. Cunningham's law. Uh, and the law of commitment, which is noted in, uh, what was the book that you mentioned? Uh, Influence. In Influence by Cialdini. Uh, yeah. By Cialdini. So two books here, Never Split the Difference by Chris Voss, 
which was about labeling early in the, earlier in the show. And then, of course, uh, Cialdini. Uh, sell better. Uh, Maria, if you're there, will you throw a few of those links in there? We appreciate it. Uh, great show. Book. Great, great, great question from Pedro there. This one comes from Angela. Do you, how do you feel about adding funny gifs or gifs, however you say it, don't skewer me to the wall, uh, into the Hail Mary follow-up to humanize and get some attention? Are you a gif user, gif user? I'm a gif user because gif is the peanut butter that I grew up on for those who represent the peanut butter and jelly gang like I do. Uh, so I say gif. Um, and some people are like, well, the creator of it said it's Jeff. I don't care. He doesn't own Isn't them it anymore. Graphic user interface? I don't care. It doesn't matter. <laughs> it's, it's, it's graphic. It's graphic interface, whatever you said. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but memes of all things, like they don't even belong to the owner. Once you make them, they're like the internet owns them. So anyway, uh, do I use them? I don't because I believe the copy can do the job for me, but that doesn't mean it mm -hmm. can't be done. If personally, Devin Reed style, if you send one to me as a seller, to me, it's a little gimmicky and like, like they, they've been around for what, eight years, like 10 years and we've been using what? the business for five. And if you send me an office gift, I'm definitely not happy. Like, I'm just not, I'm not mad at you, but it's like, dude, I've seen all of them 10,000 times. So I don't think it's that useful. And then I go back to the people that were talking in the chat, like a government official, probably not a CEO. I'm not ever doing that unless, unless let's say. James, let's say you're a Michigan fan. Michigan football won the uh, college championship on Monday. I saw that, yeah. And then I'll go, and there's some rapport, some rapport. We kind of like each other. And I would hit you and go, something to the effect of like, James, hearing back from you would make me happier than Jim Harbaugh, which is the coach, by the way. And then a, a gif of Jim just like, yeah, we won the championship. I would send that because I think it would delight you. And that's a weird word to use, but delight, you'd be like, ah, yeah, okay, okay, Dev, you know, you know, and you're in a good mood because Michigan won. So if you can make it hyper relevant, here's the short answer. If you can make it hyper relevant to that person with the conversations you've had and you feel comfortable, give it a shot. But vast majority, personally, I don't think so. I am with Lisette in the chat. Lisette Rocco, longtime comer uh, to every single show that we do. I see her all the time. And deliverability is such an issue right now. Yeah. With your follow-ups, be very cautious what you're attaching when somebody goes to because you have no idea what that might do. And all it takes is for them to say spam. And the next time you send out 50 emails to somebody in a day, 20 of them might land in a junk folder because somebody labeled you as spam last week. So be very cautious about what you're attaching to outgoing emails or messages. Uh, and I think something somewhere like social, I think you'd be more impactful there. Yeah, that's a good call. Because I was going to say a lot of people use Outlook and I think Outlook doesn't even like load images by default or something. To that like, you have to, I'm you a have to show attached content in Outlook. Yeah, it's true. And sometimes it won't even work as a different, you know, blockers or whatever so yeah it's a bit of a risk and then it really falls short if you set up an email and it's like and this is why i sent it and it's just like that little ripped you know that little like a little question mark with the rip yeah yeah <laughs> i just like uh sorry this is a good one from sarah isaacs she says i'm a college recruiter and ghosting is something i experience daily how can i continue to reach out without seeming desperate uh type the type yes in the chat if you feel desperate when you're following up after being ghosted this happens to me a lot it's a hard feeling to fight yeah. And that goes back to, I need this. I need this more than you need this. I want this more than you want this. Always. That's it. That's what it, that, and that comes across in your tone because the way that you talk about people. 
Yeah. And so the way th- there's no like, here's how to write it differently. It's like, here's how to, you have to feel it differently. You have to not be desperate because it's going to come across or at least find a good way to hide it. So my thought always goes to the, uh, the way to counteract being desperate is to be confident in the value of what you're offering. Mm. I know that this is a good fit. I know what I'm selling is valuable. To the best of my ability, there's a thumbs up again because I can't with my thumb, I've learned because of Zoom. I just think you're a really positive guy with a constant thumbs oh, yeah. up. Now I think this will do something else too. Oh yeah, it does, it does. There it is, yeah. there it is. Just saying. We're winning. <laughs> Lissette, that, Lissette, that's for you. The fireworks are for Lissette because she comes all <laughs> the shows. Um, so you have, to have, you have to have confidence in what you're selling. You have to have confidence that this person is a good fit and you have to act like you don't need the deal. Yeah. You have to act like you don't need the deal, need this college sign up, whatever it is, even if you need it in the back of your head. This was something that I was able to do later in my sales career. And it goes back to letting deals go that aren't good deals. And once I came across as more confident and assured, like, hey, this is good, whether you buy it today or not, it's all good. People will come towards you. People are drawn to that confidence and people uh, project away from desperation. No one wants to be around a desperate person. It's not a good look. It's not a good look for salespeople, especially. It's very self-serving and it often rubs people the wrong way very quickly. Paresh Patel says, most of the time I get ghosted because of no decision. Is this common? Yeah, they have no reason to talk to you. Up, yeah, I mean, like on that early. No up. Yeah. Same thing. Yeah. They're like, I have no reason. The, the no decision isn't really even no decision. They just, the, the actual decision is they stop talking to you. Like they, they stopped caring. Yo, that's a really good point. They stop caring about it. Uh, sometimes that gap, too much of a gap in time between the time they ghosted you and the time that you follow up often will cause that because, you know, if you're, if it's not important to you, why would it be important to me? Right. It's kind of the mentality. Right. David Humble, David Humble says, when I follow up to the ghost, I love how he calls them the ghost. That's fantastic. Capitalized it. Uh, Capitalized the ghost. No capitalization there, but I do appreciate the label. Uh, uh yeah. Should we also provide another value add in the form of like an article, et cetera? Is this relevant or helpful to the prospect? Great question from David. You know what? It can be. I, I've actually had it. I'm thinking, did I do it? Okay, here, I'll give you both answers and both answers, both sides of the table. As a seller, what I would do when I had the ability to track links. So like, you know, it'll just tell you, Devin, click the link in your email. I liked that because it would tell me, are they like, because here, by the way, sorry, real quick. Opens don't always mean it was open. I hope you all know this, that a lot of email servers or whatever the, you know, the tools, they just will auto open stuff to scan for it and it will make it seem like it's been open. So if you ever send an email and they open it right away, like right away, it's probably not them. It could be, but it's probably not them. Yeah. So to counteract that, I would put a link into an article. And if they click the link, then I know there's still something happening. They, they are opening and reading my emails. They're just not replying to me. And so that's kind of a bit of a signal to say, okay, there might be something here still. I should keep them in my list. You know, like they're saying, James versus, versus let them go. Like the chase is still on. Yeah. I'm more at putting them in sleep mode and then coming back to revisit in a little while. Sometimes the person that ghosted me doesn't even work there anymore. Might as well prospect that account all over again. <laughs> okay. Final thought. You got about, uh, it, go ahead. Final thought, 30 seconds. Everybody's coming away from the show. What should they think about in ghosting? And then we're going to sign off. The number one thing is don't guilt. The number one thing that I see, the biggest mistake is guilting people and trying to get the meeting back on the books. The thing you need to do is get curious, empathize, truly get curious, truly empathize, and try to understand why they broke your agreement. That's like the capsule of everything we just talked about. 
Yo, incredible insight right there. Guilt is your enemy when it comes to being ghosted. I want to thank everybody for coming to the show and spending time with us today. Connect with us on social. Connect with me directly at Say What Sales. We're going to drop Devin's LinkedIn in the chat. Go follow this man. Connect with him. He has a great newsletter. The reader is out. You want to subscribe to that? Hit me up if you need a link for that. I'm always happy to connect with any and all of our audience members on social media. We want to thank you very much, Devin, for sharing your wisdom today and your time. We will see everybody tomorrow with another stellar guest to help you sell better. Have a great one, everybody.